I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And here we are now, two days away from the preliminary finals. Very close to finding out who will be playing to be the 2023 NRL Premier. And uh, Box had no surprise. Both teams basically full strength for now. Still some question marks, still some fitness tests, but... No room to leave, you know, I, think, I guess the old stone unturned. And if anyone's 50-50 or close enough or near enough is good enough, they will be playing this week. Yeah, maybe. I, think. I don't know about Jerome Luai. The two Jeromes are obviously the questions, I guess. But mm. Melbourne will be significantly better with Hughes back. Uh, what Penrith sort of do with Luai, I, I tend to think they might play him off the bench. That's my gut feel. And start with Cogger and... Yeah, have a plan about how they're going to get him into the game or whether they actually need to put him into the game. The question there or the, the issue they may potentially have there is if they need to move someone into nine. You know, and then how do they how do they push someone to six or is there a way around that? I suppose they, they'd have a plan around potentially just keeping him there and not using him. Uh, but again, that's a luxury in a prelim final. Penrith they're heavy favourites, so... Part of me just thinks maybe he just won't play. Or it could just be that he's fine, he's good to go, and he'll run out. I guess all those questions will be answered at about 10 to 7 on, on Friday when, when the final team comes through. Where do you think? What do you think will happen? Uh, I think they're going to play him, but I wouldn't. And I've said this for almost two weeks now that I just think in their situation, it's not your standard backup. What they've got there is someone who's got a good pedigree, had a bit of a rough start to his NRL career, but if you really look at the bones of who the player is, the environment he's in now and what they can do with him, hmm. I think if Luai has any chance of the grand final or any chance at all, this is just a risk they're taking because he's been such a big part of what they're doing and he's keen and they'd be keen to get him on the field. I'd just be looking at what's best for the team. And if he's any chance of going down early or, you know, there's still significant damage and it's proven that he's a high risk, I wouldn't play him at all because my whole and sole goal is to win the comp. And I know they love Jerome and I know all the players would love Jerome to be there, etc. But at the end of the day, I'm all about team and what's best for the team. And I think, like I said, they've got more than an adequate backup and they've got more than enough key players to do it without Jerome Lloyd. They've proven they can do it without Nathan as well. Not so they can win a comp without Nathan. But they've won a lot of games without Nathan. They've won a lot of games without a lot of their key players. Mm. So at this point in time, whatever's best for them, in the words like you're saying there, to not disrupt, to not have to try and worry or cover about things, I'd just be picking my best 17. So they've apparently done a fitness test, and then there was going to be full contact today to see where he's at. It, like, like I said, this early with that sort of significant injury, unless they're super confident they can needle, strap, secure it somehow, and you know have him potentially make 30-plus tackles, I wouldn't be playing I'd rather just pick an extra person on the bench. Whether that means Peachy comes back in the fold to cover that multiple spot, with also the thought that they're potentially going to risk Tago. Yeah. They've named Tago. I don't think Penner's crazy enough to risk two players. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And again, for a prelim, I think that would be pretty ballsy to push all in with the bigger picture, especially if Tago's more than likely a chance to play in the grand final. Yeah, 
I just look at it and think, well, have you got cover on the bench for a centre? They probably do. Have they got cover on the bench for a hooker? They do if they start Lua. But if they don't... Or they have know, to play Peachy. Yeah. But then you need to drop somebody else yeah, again well, to have two cover. You don't want to be covering two... We still you know. need your two middles. So. Yeah, and you can't be covering for two people. We well, you, you can. You can. But it makes it significant, uh, significantly diff- uh, difficult. That's for sure. I'm at the it's simple... Not, it's not impossible. No. Um, but I, I just tend to think they'll shuffle Luai back to the bench and then, you know, break glass if needed. That's what my gut feel is, but... You, from all the media reports, are saying he's he's a shoe and he's going to play and he's trained and it's all good. He got through the contact and I don't know. It's hard hard to know. We're speculating, but I, it will be interesting. Again, I still find it odd if you sat him on the bench because I just think again you're wasting your spot. I'd rather. Yeah, but they don't like Penrith. For me, in that situation, at times you know they use use players for ten or fifteen minutes just I get because that. as well. So you know if you're confident in your middle rotation, you're confident that. Mitch Kenny could potentially get through eighty, then you can you could by all means cover pick someone who's a centre back rower to cover Tago and you could pick you know, a put Luar on the bench and start Cogger in the halves and away you go. Mm, they've got that with Garner and obviously they've got that with Cogger the other way, but I just Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's why I tend to think I'll um, start Cogger, keep Garner on the bench. If Tago goes down, Garner starts, or maybe maybe even they play. Well, we can't. I don't think you can play Tago off the bench, but no. This is my point. Though. I just think for or a just prelim, not play Tago at all. Garner goes in. Peachy comes onto the bench. You they, flip. They know what we. One. They know what we don't know health wise, but I doubt they'd be silly enough yeah. to risk two guys that are likely to go out in the first half. Well, I, I think Tago will play. I think Tago's okay. I think they were well, he extra the, cautious with him. He had the peck earlier in the year and missed six weeks. So again, I think if they've got any doubts, they won't push it. Mm. And then he had a leg injury on top of that. If he's more he's than likely. Oh, he's been in and out, yeah. But when he when he's been on the field the last few years, he's been very consistent. No, I mean, no, I'm so. talking about this. I'm talking about for this injury. Yeah, I think he's okay. But I wouldn't be risking it. I think they've got more than enough quality to get the job done. But Tom will tell Hugh similar deal. It's been said all week that uh, you know more than likely that there's been nothing else come out. Again, Melbourne's usually pretty good at keeping things quiet though. So yeah, expecting uh, that he will be available in the one plate half. And for them, I think they're on the opposite side. Of the equation, they don't have. The they, they can't not play to rest him. If he's yeah. any chance of playing, or his chance he's of getting through sixty minutes, or whatever it may be, he has to play. Definitely, I know for them, you go the other way and go. Well, what happens grand final? Well, they're not going to get to the grand final without Jerome. Full mm-hmm. stop. I already think they're long odds to get to the grand final with Jerome. Um, yeah, Xavier Coates. He was unlikely again. I think they can cover for that outside back. Certainly hasn't been a position here. Then it's just the makeup of the bench. They've got Wishart there as the cover on the bench. No surprise, he covers more roles. A lot of people, again, last week talked about Pezzett. I thought he played pretty well in that Queensland Cup game, but he was just back off an injury as well. So they clearly didn't want to go with somebody who was only a couple of weeks back from a significant injury, and they stuck with Wishart. Yeah. Some talk about Young coming back in the OBs. Highly doubt that. Um, for your other two teams, before we talk about it, for Brisbane, no surprise when you get the rest. The only decision they had to make is whether they stuck with the guys that forced their hand. I mean, and Arthur's over Oates, and you know the young guys on the bench over Tapu. I think... The makeup of their team now is best case scenario. Like the, the Oats or the Arthurs, one either way, I'd be happy. But for me, Tapu, I wouldn't have him in over what they've got now. They've got leg speed, they've got versatility. Their guys can play middle and edge. Palacia, well, the guys that are there, Hetherington, Pierre Kura are also all long term players as well. Um, they're part of their future. I think Tapu is a great veteran signing. Had his chance in the middle of the year. Probably what's cost him is when he opened the window up with that flying knee. 
Because when he did that... We're talking about Tapao. Tapao. Or Tapao. Tapao. Yeah. So... Marty Kapow. He gave that window <clears throat> when he got suspended, and since then those guys have really taken a hold, and I think their bench has got better. Yeah. So, um, for them, don't expect any other issues. You talk about Reynolds and Carrigan and a few guys a few weeks ago that had foot injuries or other things. A week off's not going to harm them at all, so... <clears throat> they'll be all guns blazing and for the Warriors they had a few issues out of the weekend Johnson got through with his calf I'm sure he's been on ice the whole week Current's finger things like that they just tape them together yeah. so he'll be right your bigger two question marks I guess was Tohu's sort of had this mysterious mark on him pre-finals and all the way through the season I think he's carrying a lot of problems but he's just a tough prick yeah. um, Egan looked like he got two head knocks there's been nothing said so I'm assuming Finals rules, just like the refereeing and the sin bins and penalties for them. If he's good to go, he's going to be playing, despite whether he's bleeding out the ears or not. And Murata last week, it looked like a medial, but he would manage to come back on. So if they've managed him during the week, no surprise, and they need him. Yeah, Because that big, aggressive body on the edge, pounding into Mam and taking on Ricky, is going to be needed. So um, for now, looking at the lineups, there's no late changes, but if there's going to be any late changes, it'll be the Friday game, yeah. the Panther Storm game. It's not going to be... The Broncos Warriors, I think we'll see those two as per program. But let's get into it. Thanks to bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with NRL, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Charity account, no win last week, so we remain at $1,260. Hopefully be able to get something this week. Um, but let's preview these matches, shall we? And have a talk about what we think. Friday night, 8 p.m. basically, in at A-Call, Panthers, Storm, uh, two other meetings during the year. Obviously, the one that comes to mind is the 14-0 start down at Marvel where they really got stuck into them. And then the second time around was the 26th game at Penrith where early on they're on the back foot. They managed to jag a try sort of after absorbing pressure. But for the rest of the game there, I didn't think Penrith really got out of second or third gear. But the one that really took away and my worry again this week was the Marvel game. That's the first time in a long time anyone's gone at Penrith in the way that they did to get into the cycle, to really try and rip into their back five, slow down their set starts. They got a couple of errors out of them. They got some points, but against Penrith, you can't do it for 20, 30 minutes. No. They are... That's my concern. I think Melbourne have got the game to match Penrith for short periods of time. Yeah. They haven't proven that they can do it for over long periods of time. I just don't think... I don't think they've got the quality. No, you've just hit the word I was about to use. I think it was a transition year, and as much, (laughs) like I said last year, I wasn't disappointed to see the back of the Bromwiches, Felice... (laughs) Etc. because of money, age, and time, it's sort of been a transition year. If you were to tell me... Transitioning to what? Well, you're putting fresh blood into your Ford pack, and you've also got salary cap decisions that were made... In who? Money... I I look at it and just go, this is what I mean about moving guys on and not having guys to replace them. Yeah, but what are you going to do? You're going to hold off a year or two of playing a Katoa Oliero who have got upside over 33-something-year-old guys. I would have kept one of the older blokes. The only one that I think lived up to any sort of billing this year was Felice. Yeah, Kenny I, I, and Jesse were not impressive at all. I would have kept Felice definitely. But you've also got the cap side of it. When someone's getting offered seven, eight hundred thousand to go, yeah, you can make there, it work. They make the cap argument. I can make the yeah. cap argument because right. they're not going to pay those guys when yeah. it's going to cost you keeping Harry or Munster or the other people they put money. But into. it won't. Well, it, it would have. They had to upgrade. No, That's right. the cap. Disagree. Cap moves. Um, I think there's a lot of positives. Like if you would have told me they would have finished top four and got to a prelim, given what I've seen this year, I would have. I'm very, very happy with that yeah, sort of thing. It's more of an indictment but on the rest of the competition. I don't look fair. at them and think, you know, like I said again, I've never really thought they were a threat. Middle part of the year, I was wondering where this would get to, but to the point it's landed now, 
it's craziness that you can win a finals game with your first choice halfback not there. That that shows enough about um, the quality of coaching there mm. and the, the depth that they do have and I guess the strength across the board, but I don't see him as a match for Penrith. No. And that's and with full respect to Melbourne. I, Melbourne have done an outstanding job to get to where they are. Yeah. Mind you, it's one game. It only, only take, you know, Penrith to play Jerome and Jerome to go off and or for him to play Tago and Tago goes off and the player who comes in doesn't quite do the job and Melbourne can find a few holes, a few cracks and, you yeah. know, momentum starts to go their way. We've seen crazy things in footy. Like, I know. I had, I had a lot of that in my head too. I, I'm like, I doubt it. Yeah, and that's the point. We've of all it. seen it happen. For two reasons. I can't see us stopping their back five and I can't see us winning the middle. And if you can't do either of those, I just don't know where you get enough opportunities to score points and apply pressure. And that's regardless of missing a centre or The interesting half. part of it is, like I think in their first two contests, Melbourne made a concerted effort to play live ball with Penrith, keep the ball live, go set for set for them. I, I think you've got to totally throw Penrith out of their comfort zone and come up with something that's going to rattle them a little bit because... And then go to that style of game when you've got them rattled. Like but I just don't just think if that. they're both comfortable that, that to play that style of game, you're not going to win that game. They, Penrith beat most teams. But I've had with this set to set. I've had this argument. I've had somebody come at me and go, "You can't play Penrith at their game." Well, you don't have a choice if you're pinned in your own end. No, no, no. And you no, can't get that's out. That's not what I'm saying. You can't just. But I think you, you need know. to work out ways in certain positions of the field, 100%. and in certain scenarios to rattle them. When you rattle them, you can beat them. At I think, game. like I said, we've we've provided the blueprint at Marvel, but can you do it for a longer period of time? Because we couldn't do it for, for short more than thirty minutes. Yeah, that's the thing. Because we held that back five for so long, and then they started to break free. Then the middles mm-hmm. started to roll. Then they got good ball. And the other thing is, they don't give away cheap errors or penalties. They're actually quite disciplined. But in that they regard. will. They will if they become fatigued. So how do if you reduce fatigue? That's, the thing. that's you, you know, there's that all part. that. Well, you need to think about how you're going to do that. Like. And coming with strategies. There's no point at the end of the game going, they're too good. Because we know that. We know. We oh, know I'm not that. saying it, but I've had a lot of messages No, what I'm saying well, is, is from a coaching I'd perspective. I'd offload and I'd shift and I'd do this and I'm like, but everything I've got no doubt they're going to have a couple like, of well, things up their sleeve, man. You can't just do those things out of your own end when you're constantly fucking pinned or you're losing territory and cycle. Like, you've got to find a way, like you're saying, to break like, it why down. Why are you cycling but, to start with? I'd be kicking the ball out or I'd be putting the ball in different positions or I'd be running the ball on last tackle and then kicking on the end of a shift. Like, you've got to think about ways to. Give them something that they're not they're not predicting. If you just go hit up, hit up, hit up, get to the 40, kick it, cycle, cycle, that they're comfortable there. They've seen that. They'll chew that up. So how do you give them a different look? Within, like you're saying, within a disciplined approach. Yeah, that's my point. You can't just <laughs> throw everything out the kit bag and be undisciplined. You can't degree, avoid that. To part. a degree you can, but you need to you need to have a plan and then you need to be disciplined about how you do it. Mm. And this is the thing. A lot of the time when you say to players you know, we're going to do this out of our own end or we're going to take a risk here that they just think that everything is then wishy-washy and and free and ill-disciplined. And that's where sides fall apart. Mm, well, I point I to you've the... got specific things that you want to try and do you want to try and execute. I can point to that example. I can point to the manly one where they're like, we're on top. I'm like, well, you also played a missing three or four players. So. But the same deal. Yeah. Throwing and shifting out of yards, yeah. You unsettled them a few times, but you didn't score points and you turned over the ball and then in the end your pants pulled down. And That's I, okay, but I, 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 still I, honestly, I totally agree with that approach because yeah, you're going to get your pants pulled down anyway. You can't do it for the whole cycle. 80 is my point. You've got to pick your moments. I thought they did pick their moments. But I also still think, for me, that they've really been idling the whole year. I think yeah. where, when they've needed to... We'll see how they go against Brisbane. They've accelerated. Through there. But I think 
That's the the explosions the last, coming. This last week. question. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. I think if you're the Storm, yeah, you have to. You can't avoid that part of the game. But lowers high completion, and when you do get in those tough periods, which a lot of teams don't do with Penrith, you have to hang tough. A lot of teams just break. Sometimes it's going to Look, take I, you. I thought they Melbourne lost the cycle period with the Roosters on the weekend for long periods of it. So not the first twenty, but after that, a, I agree with that, you. They lost the two twenties after that, ending yeah. the half and starting the half. Yeah. But I also thought they'd offend the goal line, but I think Penrith are going to throw a lot more at them attack-wise. They will. And that's the point I'm getting at. Like you, When you bunker down at that end and they do get on top, you can't crumble because as soon as you break, the floodgates open. That's what happened last time. It was 32 or 30 points unanswered. Yeah. Once they kick the front door and they're going to keep coming. So when you do get those tough periods, it's you know absolutely imperative that you hold down the fort and you wait for, again, a penalty or your opportunity to get out of there, two pass out of yard, something to try and look for a point of difference. But if you break... And they get that upper hand. As soon as blood's in the water, they just take off. They don't stop coming from the backfield all day. We all know it starts with the back five. They give their middles a bit of a rest. Fish, load all these guys. They get to load up, play one, two, and they do set starts. They ruin your set. Really get you trapped, get you bogged down. You struggle to get back behind the ball. And slowly but surely, when you look at it from that coach's angle, that long distance, you're just starting further and further backwards. And they're just starting further and further upfield. Yeah. So it's going to take a lot of that. But most importantly comes down to the middles for Melbourne. And I've disappointed if all people yesterday, Nelson, basically saying about chaos and making a difference in this, that, and the other one. I think he's had an ordinary year. And it wasn't the week to do it. Because the last team that needs any bullet board material, and I know he's Kiwi teammates with the two boys he was talking about, it's Penrith. So I hope he's going to back it up with a pretty fucking big game. Because that was probably the last thing that I wanted to see in the media. And, you know, like, I, I don't fault the effort of your Welchers, your Kings, these guys, but... Off the back of a couple of injuries, or you know, King's a solid first grade, etc. The, the pack just doesn't have the quality that it once did. So I look at that middle, and that's a big issue. But the back five, people say you kicked to Taruva. Taruva doesn't care that he's undersized and underweight. He goes up for everything. He competes for everything. He doesn't make errors. He's still effective in yardage too. There's not a good kick option for Penrith. Is he the one you probably want to kick to? Yeah, more than likely. But Edwards is great at what he does. Tyo's great at what he does. They get help from the centers as well. I don't. There's not really a weak point in the back five to pick on. But it's literally what we talked before. I think they've taken that mould of what used to be Melbourne that you have to play in for 80 and they've put it on steroids. You get nothing for free. Mm. And yeah, I think the middle is the big part and that dictates a lot of what happens with guys this year like your Harrys, your Munsters and your Hughes who have been very inconsistent themselves. Harry's obviously going to rely on quick rucks. If not, he can be a little bit erratic and try and force things. Munster, if he gets bogged down and is playing off the back foot, can get frustrated as well and stop running the football. He needs to run early. Huge bigger question, I guess, is just health. He's probably been more effective on the right with the combination of him and Katoa, the run game, the way he's mixed things up. But if he's coming in underdone and they're off the back foot, that's a big worry. Big time. But at the end of the day, have to stop the back five and our pack has to dominate. And I just really struggle to see either of those two things happening. For Penrith, regardless of those guys missing, what their final decision is, if Cogger and Garner are in there, I think they're fine for those exact reasons. I just see them... Slowly opening things up like they do from the backfield. When that happens, the middle opens. Yo dictates whether he wants to run past, lay a line, get Nathan on the outside. And he showed the other week that he's more than willing to pick up the running slack or the difference in between the halves when him and Cogger were there rather than Alua. He had 30-plus runs against the Warriors. He's a big body. He's quick enough. He's certainly effective in the running game. Kenny, across the year, they've developed that trust with him. Still don't think he's awfully creative, but his passing game has certainly improved. He plugs the 80. Um, and yeah, the, the centers, 
head to heads is a bit of a worry at the edges. You know, Seve has had some good games, but the matchup between if Tay goes there and Crichton's there, I, I think two spots again where Melbourne could be exposed. So I really, really struggle in my head to see many ways where this wins. If we're playing this a hundred times, I think we win two or three. Uh, yeah, I bar like you said, some of those injuries and some possible question marks there. I just think they're going to come over the top of Melbourne. They might hold for 15-20, but I think it's really going to break. Yep. So I'm looking at this. I honestly think Penrith probably went 20-plus, maybe worse. Yeah, I don't know about a margin. But, oh, no, I'm just saying that's <clears throat> my own I opinion. just think, yeah, I think Penrith deserve but, to be very short favourites based on what we've seen this year. Yep. But that's not always an indicator about what happens on game night. That's why they play the game. So. No, and in particular, if Hughes does go out early or does play or is replaced with Wishart, we're, we're going to be super bogged down in the spine that we were last week. And points are imperative when you get your opportunities, if you get opportunities. You have to get them first. Yeah. Which again, back five, middles, I just can't see it. And with that, uh, you're on Penrith as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with bluebet.com.au, they're a $1.18 favourite. 490 other storm. At one point, I saw across the week looking at a few. It got over five. It sort of come back in. 12.5 points uh, is the line at the moment. I sort of thought maybe this one would have been what we talked about earlier in the week, maybe 16 or somewhere around there. But yeah, maybe some have taken the slight chance again on the history and the reputation of the storm, but I just don't see that Melbourne storm this year. Mm. I see, again, 16 and 8, big transition, younger forwards, some questions during the year, spine inconsistent to land here if you would have told me. With what I've watched, I would have been very surprised. So I think they've overachieved to get here. But yep. against this team, I just don't see it. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'd take the line. I think Penrith can cover the 12.5, 13 plus $1.90. I think it started at 2 bucks. I would have happily had a slash at the $2 mark. But, uh, yeah, I think if you're a, you're a Penrith fan, I think you're hunting for history. I think you're looking at a potential three in a row. First time since the Eels did it in the 80s. Yep. Which is a massive, massive feat. Um Moving on, Broncos-Warriors, this one, they played once during the year. Hard to take much away from that one. I'll say the Broncos did very well to win. It was during the origin period. It was over in New Zealand. It was a late no-try that could have got the Warriors a chance to kick for the win, but no Egan. Tamari Martin was injured at that point. Metcalf hadn't been into the fold. Jazz was missing and Barney was missing, but for the Broncos, no Walsh, Haas, Carrigan, Flegler, Cobber. So when you look at it from that perspective, both missed quality, Brisbane a little bit more, but it's hard to take much away from that head-to-head. Looking at two game styles, I think this could be a fantastic game of football because these are two teams that can certainly attack and they were also second and third in defensive record this year. So you'd think, you know, Brisbane certainly improved on that thing, but I think that's the more impressive part of what Webster's done there. I think he's changed the way they have attacked, but they've never struggled to attack. But defensively this year, they've been more resilient than they've ever been in the history of the Warriors. Yeah, a lot of that's got to do with the fact that they've attacked well, they've been disciplined, so they've done less defense. Mm. Um and that's going to be the key to this game. I think possession's going to have a lot to do with who wins this game because, you know, Brisbane, a big, strong, powerful, speed out the back. Warriors, very similar. I think discipline, field position, possession will be key. And, yeah, you know, that'll probably be determined by, you know, that initial battle through the middle of the field. Like, they'll obviously get into it and they'll cycle. And I tend to favour Brisbane in that in that battle, but what we know about Andrew Webster is like we just spoke about with the Panthers game, he's not gonna he's not gonna engage in a battle that he knows he's more than likely gonna lose. So he's gonna have a spin in and around how they're gonna play there. 
and give Brisbane a few different looks and have a few specific areas he wants to attack and go after that in order to build momentum, win field position, and therefore hopefully induce some fatigue into the Broncos and you know have them fatigue and miss tackles and make errors and become ill-disciplined. Mm. So it's just that initial... I'm really interested to see the, the approach, not so much of Brisbane. Like, I think, you know, we know what we're going to see from Brisbane. You're going to see Reynolds steer them around. You're going to see their big forwards going forward, trying to offload. Reese Walsh trying to play on the back of offloads, taking short sides, yeah. and they rely on their kicking game. And they've got but early the Warriors, board the centres as well when they need to. Like, Adam Reynolds is a figurehead for Brisbane. If I'm the Warriors, like, he's making 40 tackles, if possible, particularly out of yardage. Like, if we've got to get someone's tackle count up, it's him. Uh, and you know, I want to. I want to try and bust him up. I want to try and fatigue him. I want to try and, you know, get him distracted away from what the plan is and, and steering the Broncos around the field. And then I want to be really, really physical with Reese Walsh, and I want to put him in positions where it's difficult for him to get out and attack us on kick return, which will therefore help us with field possession. Well, I think uh, I field s- position. Saw that part last week, which I loved about the more years. Hard thing to do, though. Ability to adapt within game, but particular second half. They just rinse, repeat, and nailed that cage kick 10-meter corner for essentially 20-plus minutes. Did a good job on Ponga. Mm. Mm. And I think... Oh, I'm not just talking about Ponga. I just mend their back five as well. I think they can do that sort of job here. Cobo can be injury-prone. He's probably the one I'd pick on. I know he's probably got the better carry than an Arthur's, but you put Cobo into situations of contest and under pressure, you can get errors. Yeah. And we just talking about last week. People have all talked all year. You know, do you hold off while she has the ability to run, cut back on the inside? He can create a number getting on the outside of a half or a center. If he jam, the ball goes over the top. I think they showed last week, similar with a Ponga, who can do those things to you. They were well connected. They, when they had grass behind them, they took time and space away. They did a good job on the middle. They hunted from the inside. They made sure they had cover. Can they do that again? And can they be as well connected on both sides again? Because he will test both sides. Of course he does. He does like to come left. <laughs> link up with man particularly likes to play right off Reynolds and get that long one over the top but I don't think it's going to be as simple as oh they'll jam and he'll throw it over the top but there's there's also ways that Brisbane get into those positions so if you can identify the best position to give them the football to not allow them to get into those positions to give what Reese Walsh that ball and play down that favourite side of his that's also got to be a consideration mm. But you also need to do that within playing the style that you want to play and attacking the people that you want to attack within the Brisbane line when you've got the footy as well. I think it's been, I wouldn't say a while, but a while, a little bit since someone's put Brisbane in a situation where they have to go set for set. Like Melbourne got a little bit on them in the first game there and were pretty frustrated Mm. um, with the way they attacked and they were highly disconnected. But I sort of look at this and think this is certainly an upgrade in terms of the middles. Johnson's in red hot form. I still think Egan's not getting the credit. He deserves, if there's a difference in class in one spot in particular, I think there's more class in the Brisbane back five, particularly the centres. But I think Barry and Pompey have done a very good job this year. Barry's certainly an emerging player. But I think for the most part, they start well with Fenua Blake, Tohu, Barney, and they've got a lot out of their two edge back rails as well. Murata and Ford do a lot of work. Yeah, They match them there, get into that sort of grind with them, cycle them and try and frustrate Brisbane a little bit because you know that Walsh is going to pull the trigger. Yeah. He can throw a loose one. But I think they need to be the ones who don't crack first. But big, big first 20, 15 to 20, like you're talking about with the pack. If Fanil Blake, Tohu and these guys can move that point of attack in the middle, be effective and put a few dents in there and run some traffic at Mam and Reynolds and sort of put them in a hole, um, yeah. I certainly think they've got a lot more in their kit bag than what Melbourne had to offer with the ball. <clears throat> Nickel Klugstad certainly added 
a bit to his kit bag this year in terms of his passing game. I didn't really see that from him at all. Johnson, the way he's adapted, it's not about him and his run just all the time now. He's doing a good job engaging, playing with his middles, linking with the tohu, getting on the front foot like we said inside the 10 with Egan and moving on to the ball, getting outside defenders in doubt, and he's made things very easy for chance in that regard. I think their right side is going to be very important. Expect a lot of traffic going at Catewell and Mam, who aren't the greatest of defenders at times. They certainly get in front, but if they're going to find a weak spot, I think that's it. And the right's where they've been getting love. So Murata on those hard double leads, Chance at the back, Dallin, who's been in fine form. The left side of Brisbane, my right attack for the Warriors, if they get those chances, that's where I think it's going to be going. But for Brisbane, you've pretty much nailed on the head. He conducts and kicks. The nine's do enough. Pack lays a hell of a platform. They can early shift the Herbie or Stags. They've got quality centres, quality finishes. Walsh can pop up on either side. Mams are running threat. And then when their bench comes on now, across the year, they've sort of found what works best for them. Palacia, Hetherington and Pia Kuru have done a great job. I thought they made a real difference in week one. Yep. So I think this is, like I said, much more evenly matched across the park and good impact on both sides. They've obviously got the combo of Jazz and Dill. Sirinan's done a good job when called upon. Curran's done a good job in all roles he's asked to do. The only thing that questions me a little bit here, I know it was an easier sort of game last week, but having a few more question marks on bodies and just the start for Brisbane. Ah, oh, sorry, for the Warriors. Yeah. With that, I favour Brisbane, but I think this one's going to be a lot closer. So I'm Yeah, the, I, I favour Brisbane. I'm but I'm really excited about this game. It's going to be... So am I. I just really hope it's a... That's a bell ringer. Like, the selfish part of me, I want to see Penrith Brisbane. And I feel like if Melbourne or the Warriors upset one or the other, they'll just be cannon fodder next week to whichever of Broncos Penrith can get through. Mm. You know, <laughs> what would throw everything on its head if we're looking at a Melbourne Warriors grand final next weekend? That'd be mental. There's great storylines to that, but yeah, mm. I don't know if it'd be the greatest for ticket sales. I think the Warriors would buy them up, but mm. Melbourne, obviously, again, don't really travel. I have the biggest fan base. Uh, but just from a pure footy perspective, yeah, I, I'm really excited to... I'd happily watch Penrith Warriors again. I think Warriors will give a much better account with Johnson. I sort of feel like week one was almost a fate of play when they rolled in Penrith. Yeah. Tago didn't play and... Yeah, Jerome I know, didn't but play. I did, honestly, it felt like it was the just Warriors a bit of a, like, yeah. You're right, it was... Neither team had their full complement. No, so I, I don't think sure Penrith tried to really, side. yeah. Yeah, but it's probably, that would definitely be my second favourite grand final. If you want to be harsh, they're the best three teams. Melbourne aren't really in the oh. conversation for me at all. So any of those three, I'll take. But this one I actually see as a contest, but the rest is huge. Every year we keep talking about this. Going the long way hurts. Both those two teams got back, but it does mm-hmm. hurt. For Brisbane, when you've had representative football, when you've had a couple of niggles, when you've had a few question marks, when you come into this week and you may have one or two guys with small little issues and then you look over the other side of the fence despite a good result, like I said, Egan hitting the deck, Tohu grabbing his chest, Johnson having to basically sit out the whole week, Curran busting his finger, Murata limping on his knee. Yeah, There's a lot of little things there early that I'd be going after. Mm-hmm. And you know if you start well because you're the fresher side and do the right thing for 20, 25 minutes, you might be able to get that breakthrough early and then try and go on with it. Yep. But I just look at the quality in the Warriors this year, the resilience in the Warriors this year defensively and the variety in their attack, mm. particularly inside 20. It's a different kettle of fish to what Melbourne gave Brisbane. And if they can get those opportunities and be disciplined, I certainly could see a way that they win. Mm. But I just think for Brisbane, that week off is huge and it's always hard to go against those two teams to get the break. True. So I will go them, but if the Warriors win, I would not be surprised. Honestly, I wouldn't. No. I'd see this more like an eight-point sort of win. Broncos by eight. 
nice tight game and maybe they close it out. But on the flip, um, yeah, if things went wrong early with a Johnson or something like that, it could be anything. Hmm. I hope that's not the case, though. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this one's certainly going to be more competitive than the Panthers-Storm game. But I will go with the Broncos, and you're on the same boat. So that would give us the grand final of 1v2. I also think, again, this is an argument shift for me. A lot of people still bring it up. Well, they beat them in round one. I'm like, exactly. We haven't seen it since round one, and round one means fuck all, if we're being completely honest. Fresh off the World Cup, no preseason. That game means nothing. This game oh, now... It, it, with means, t- it means something in the fact that Brisbane will draw confidence from that. Well, they can if they want. That's but it. I, these two teams now... Oh, after mate, if I was playing or catching at Brisbane, I would draw a lot of confidence out of that. Well, 27 But it's not going to help you when the ball kicks off. Reps. No. Like, they're very different to where they were back it's not then. Gonna, it's not going to help you when the ball kick gets yeah. kicked. There's no been doubt. a lot turned over since round yeah, one Yeah, this you're year. crazy if you think that that's not going to give them confidence, because it will. But we're both on the Broncos. The odds of bluebet.com.au... They're a dollar twenty-seven favorite, three eighty other Warriors, ten and a half start. That one I'd be more confident to have a snap at. Yeah. Um, I think this is more a one to twelve game if you like that. Warriors four sixty two ninety. Uh, about the Broncos there. If you're really confident in Brisbane thirteen plus two ten, I couldn't see that on the Warriors side, but yeah, certainly think that one is a much better contest. And looking elsewhere, if you want to look about the, what we talked about last week, Brisbane Tigers. They won the Queensland Cup, so they booked their spot in the state championship on grand final day. Yeah, They're awaiting the winner this weekend of Rabbitohs and Bears. Were they one and two during the regular season? I'm pretty sure they were. Yep, they were. Uh, one v much, two. Much deserved one and two as well. They were. Yep, only one win difference. Uh, I think the Bears had a lot more stability given the fact that their feed from the Roosters was minimal compared to the Rabbitohs situation with origin and injuries. I think they've done... Really, really well, but they've sort of stacked a few in this week. I think Powger, Fletcher Baker, Terrell May, anyone that qualified, they, they put back they in. back, yeah. Taff is in as well. So when you look across these two lineups, yeah, that's pretty handy for the Bears on grand final day. But on the flip side, Hawkins and Taapa, like Munro, Isaac Thompson, a lot of guys that have been there all year. Shaq come back down with Mamazoulos, Talis Duncan. So a lot of those guys will be riding a bit of a high. Massively. From uh, the back end of the year, I, their bench I don't think is the strongest, but on the flip, you know, Jerry Key, Ben Thomas, Baker, I think those few laid ins, um, you know, in getting May and Powergo and the confidence those guys would have got. There's probably, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if there's odds for this one, but they might be slight favourites. Yeah, I don't know. New South Wales Cup future, well, they've got futures, not a head to head yet, so. Look at the no. odds for that, and that'll tell us what they're thinking with bluebet.com.au. They've got the Rabbitohs at $1.50 still, so two fifty for the Bears. Uh, I think it'll be pretty close now, given those late-ins. I, I think... I'd, I'd favour South. I'd favour South. I think they've been through a fair bit as well. So I think it'd be... After, yeah, coaching against both of them. Good result. They're the team that, yeah, I thought were probably the, probably the better team, but... It's taken nothing away from the Bears. No, nah, they've been great and consistent all year. And uh, the Jersey flag, the Roosters were the minor premiers. They got rolled by the Dogs early on. Dogs in the grand final and Roosters found their way back. No surprise for the Dogs. They dropped down a hell of a lot of guys that played NRL and Cup during the year Yeah, with the way they're trying to handle their pathway. So Josh Papali'i, Jordi Mazzone, like Eli Clark, Afawalo, like the halves of Carl Oloapu and O'Neill. Like Oloapu, we know played in a row. O'Neill played most of the year in Cup. 
Hot Boy, like there's a hell of a lot of guys that have gone back to stack that team up. Yeah. So they're definitely a different team to what they were during the year. There's plenty of quality in this Roosters team, don't get me wrong, but um, compared to what has been able to funnel back down and what finished up in Cup and a couple in NRL for the Roosters, I think what the Dogs have loaded in here probably sees them be slight favourites in this one. Yeah. It's a huge advantage to have guys that didn't just play a handful of games, like played the majority of the year playing men's football. To have O'Neill and Oluapu as your halves for the finals compared to what you had during the year, that's that's a big plus. Damon Marshall, big raps on him. Uh, only played a couple of games right at the end of the year, but Queensland representative. Roosters got the player of the year in Max McCarthy in the back row. I haven't seen much of the flag this year, but I've seen Steinweed, their other back row. He's a pretty good player. Chatfield Mooker, junior representative player. So um, there's certainly quality on both sides, but... Yeah, even Zach Montgomery, he's gone all the way back down. He started the year in the conversation with Preston to be an NRL player. He's on the bench for Fleek. Yeah, they, I mean, mate, they want to win a comp. They need some. Well, if they won this, this at Mats, they would take that as a positive to say, well, look at what we've got coming through. I don't think there's an argument that they've got good juniors coming through. Yeah, it's, it's about just getting the, into the finish line. Yeah, but you can't rush that process. No, you can't. You can't rush that process. So. But huge advantage, like we said, when you've just been able to people play. People really need to just. Take the emotion out of it with the Bulldogs and go and look at the teams that the Panthers ran out in the early 2010s when, you know, Phil Gould first arrived there and then just go and look at the team list or go and look at the squad list every year and just look at how it evolved and just have faith that, you know, they're on a similar path at the Bulldogs. So I guess that's, that's all you can do. You know, we've got a young Ivan Cleary there as well. They've got a young Cameron Serrato at the, the Bulldogs. So, mm, I think there'll be, yeah, good more good things to come for the Bulldogs. I guess the challenge is going to be obviously keeping the right the right juniors as well, isn't it? Because you, you can't keep them all. And, you know, you win flag and a lot of those players are then going to be up in lights in regards to NRL contracts and development deals. And like you said, there's a few guys that are already on those. But then other teams start to, look at them and think, well, you know, I could use him in this position at our club and you get picked apart a little, so... With the higher turnover they've got incoming and some of the deals, I'd say a lot of the ones they want, like, yeah... That's, you're your probably looking ladies. at their, like, your, your flag side there, you're probably looking at the majority of what they'll run in New South Wales Cup next year. Yeah, well, Oluwapu's already locked in, a few of those mm. other guys are on development. And, uh, Which I know, guess O'Neal, is so. the next step in their development, like, win a flag comp and then, boys, you know, most are going to be... Play cup again for Play cup year. next year, yeah. yeah. So... Prove yourself there, and you know when you prove that you can be competent at that level, you you go and play Four first, first graders. Yeah. Uh, on the flip of that, the Blackhawks won again up in Queensland. The final flag comp, they're canning their version of that. The Hastings Deering. I've got no idea. So Blackhawks. Yeah, that's right. It's the last time. Good pathway for them. The last few years, like we said, you've seen all this cowboy talent that's been flushed in the last few years, and they've won again. So. Clearly, you know, you want to convert, and they've showed us that they can convert with what they've put in so far, but more to come. So similar to what we just talked about. If you're winning those consecutively and back-to-back, the big plus side they have, like some teams, is they're so far away that a lot of their guys want to stay, if they're wanted. But they've just turned over nine from their top 30. So we know that Clifford, Vallejo, a few guys will come in. There's a few guys at the back end of the year that labor that play that need to be upgraded. But I'd say, again, like the last... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. She is the majority of their kids are the ones that they're fu- funneling into their own system. They're not really going to the market. The only one they've really gone to market for. Vallejo is a quality young player in a position that's stacked at the Warriors. That's a great pickup. Mm. And then a Clifford... Played his best football under Peyton when he was already confirmed out the door. So this doesn't surprise me. They've brought him back with the way Chad played. He's still only 24 years old. They seem to have a good rapport. It's a a free throw at the stumps for both sides. But for you Cowboys fans up there, always a lot of excitement when you're winning those sort of comps, especially consecutive years in a row. That means you've got a nice pool of talent there, but what can you pull out of it? If you can pull out long-term Cowboys, well, winning, you set yourself up for the long-term. But that path's certainly producing for them. Um, and the last bits and pieces here is the women's final series, like we said last week, was sorted. Newcastle last year's premiers, they're up against the Broncos on Sunday, 2 p.m. at McDonald Jones, and then the Roosters are at Allianz against the Titans. It's just a simple win and you're in one week finals here. So. Oh, so they've got they've given them home finals. They've got their own home finals and they're both on Sunday, two hours apart. So why wouldn't they play them as precursors to the NRL? I don't know. Maybe they, like I said, they want to give it their own base. They've got their home finals. Their Sunday what afternoon. What sort of a crowd do you reckon they'll draw it? I think Newcastle will draw a good crowd. Yeah, Titans is a harder yeah. one against Roosters. Like Roosters, perennially again, not the greatest home crowds, and Titans are travelling. But it's I, at I can see a lot of the Newcastle fans rolling up. Yeah, it's at Allianz. They're not playing anything else. No, they're both Channel Nine Sunday, so they've covered all three days that way. Okay. But yeah, I could see Newcastle certainly pulling the crowd in. Yeah, I reckon Newcastle. I'd I'd bet they'd get ten thousand there for that. Yeah, but they're the favourite, and I don't think any surprise. A lot of the talent they had from last year, you know, Tamika Upton, Southwell, who's probably their big worry. She's under a question mark with an injury. She's been named, but you know, Johnson, Prebden, their their props, getting Clydesdale, her sister Hannah missed last year. She's back in the mix. So they're probably the favourite, but yeah, you certainly can't write off Brisbane, um, Hufunga, the centre. Absolute beast, Broughton and Brigginshaw in the halves. So they've, they've had a bit of change in their setup, as you do when you're successful the first few years. A lot of people come in uh, for their players, but they've done well to get back to the finals and the Roosters, Titans. Titans had a pretty good year, especially their back five. They're very consistent in that regard. They've got Lauren Brown, who played a bit of nine. Now she's back in the halves. Brittany Braley was sort of the creme de la creme for a while there at nine. Shay Lee and Georgia Hale, uh, their captain, the lock, she's a gun, but the Roosters are the one that everyone was talking about. They were the favourites. Newcastle got them the other week. Uh, Millie Boyle, Keely Davis, Sergis, they've all missed some games. They've all been named this week. I'm sure if they're available, they'll certainly be playing, given the fact it's simple. You have to win to make GF. But I think uh, Newcastle would be the one I'm looking at on grand final day, but Newcastle Roosters is what I'm hoping for. That'd be a very good matchup. Yeah, I... I've sporadically watched it, so it wouldn't be fair for me to give a tip. <clears throat> but yeah, I'd like to see probably Roosters Knights is probably what I'd like to see based on. Yeah, I think player talent, what you see there, and the odds well, Gold reflect. Coast Brisbane. Like, I'd probably rather see the opposite Queensland Derby if we're not going to get Knights Roosters. Mm. Well, they're telling you what they think here at bluebet.com.au. Roosters are still a dollar sixty on the other side of the draw to win it. Yep, the Knights women are $3.25. I'd happily take a crack at that. Titans and Broncos, both $9 in the future, so they don't like their odds, obviously, to make the grand final. Um, So they're giving you your thoughts there. (laughs) 
I don't have much else, my friend, but I had some general like news bits and pieces if you want me to run through that. Go for it. So, obviously, Valentine Holmes and his little situation, I haven't bothered talking about it for a few weeks because there's no point. Like, what do we think? Simple. It's bloody dumb. And how many times have we talked about players and their phones and what they do in the off-season? But today, decision got handed down. $25,000 fine, one-game ban from the NRL. There's no result yet from North Queensland, but he has to face them. And Mal Meninga basically said the other day that uh, more than likely rule him out of the Australian setup for this year. Yeah, well. He has to name him for the whole series if he's going to pick him for the squad. So if he does that, he misses a game, then he'd be available. Given the shortage of centres for Australia with how many players are going to be missing, I thought they might have considered it, but you think that's a good stance to probably have if someone's got in trouble that you wouldn't give them an Australian jersey after that. Yeah. But time will tell, but yeah, I thought that off that topic is a pretty interesting thing to see. Crichton, I'm assuming, will play for Samara again. Staggs, they might try to call on him, but he played for Tonga. The Hammers already come out and said he, he appreciated playing for Samoa, but he really wants to play for Australia. But between him, Best and Lomax is in the PM's game. Like Latrell's injured. Jack's retired from rep football. Turbo's injured. Campbell Graham's injured. There's certainly a bit of a hole there for the centres. Yeah. Mal was saying the other day he will look at Walsh, Dylan Edwards even, and Caelan Ponga in those positions if he has to to play centre. Mm. I could see Caelan Ponga being able to play something like that. I, I'm, again, not ideal on him defending in the front line after seeing the amount of concussions during the year. Walsh, I'd be very interested to see defend in the front line. I don't know how, how I feel about that. Hmm. Um, I'd be more keen on the idea he said about Tuolagi's played that spot. I'd be more prompted if you're going to carry someone like an Edwards or that for his yardage work, put him on the wing. If you short one of those spots and have Tuolagi play in a spot that he's played in both more than throw a Ponga or a, a Walsh, particularly defensively at centre. But it's certainly an interesting situation for Australia, man. It is, yeah. A lot of these guys, I, I think Stags and Best in particular would jump at the opportunity if they were picked. Best will <laughs> likely find himself in there. But, yeah, there's a lot of quality centres in the competition, but, uh, you know, they're playing for other countries. So certainly helps the international game. Like we talked about the World Cup. If all those guys just got picked for Australia or we had those rules in, the World Cup would have been terrible. Yeah. It ended up being awesome, the fact that they're allowed to go to Tier 2 nations. So good headache um, there and see how that one plays out for Australia. Yeah. Uh, Manly, bit of news this week. They're looking to get Olakowatu for six, seven years on about $6 million. So, hefty extension. A lot around that. The new salary cap's out. There'll be more changes to come, but I don't think it's any surprise that when you get quality players in positions like this, that clubs try to do these sort of deals and average things out or balance. Hopefully not per se break the bank, but try to hit the difference of paying a little bit more now, but also maybe having a bit of win on the back end. But if he goes to market, he's going to get similar sort of money, I'd assume, and long-term offers. Yeah, you'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, they've still got a bit of talk around their <clears throat> roster and players that are off, and a lot to be confirmed, but they've confirmed now. K.O. Weeks, uh, he's going to Canberra. Coming to Alungi, immediately released. He's going to Parramatta. Bullimore stayed for two more years and still waiting for announcements around Vega, Parker, Woods to sort out their top 30. Uh, Harper, Boyle, the Fainers we know are out, and there's still talk around players that were tapped. Kepi, no surprise, long-term deal. Signed by Dez at the Titans, tapped. I'd assume he'll probably end up at the Titans. Wouldn't surprise me. Lawton only has a year to go. Condon, so I think there's a lot more movement still to come out of there. News in Canberra over the last week. Last week, it was Hudson Young, long-term extension, three years on top of what he already had to 2027, and now today they've confirmed Corey Horsburgh to 2027. So no surprise, they've locked up their forward talent. Got some good OBs. It's more what we said, developing some spine players like your Chevy Stewart's and maybe adding one or two over time. But they've certainly got the other pieces. 
Mm. Frawley also out the door. Two years, he's going to Leeds. Uh, Rowan Smith making some moves there. He's got Lachlan Miller on the way as a fullback, so new look spine coming for the Rhinos next year. And Penrith, we already said it before, like how good they've done in the adjustment period around losing players, replenishing, making decisions. To see Alamotti signing there for one year and Brad Schneider for two is just brilliant by Penrith, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. Like Alamotti is one of these guys elevated off his physical talent, didn't get to play footy through COVID, thrown into NRL in a bad team, and suddenly he's out the door. To go to Penrith in that situation at age 19 is genius for him and great for Penrith. Because mm. if it doesn't work out, they've lost nothing and he's got everything to gain. Schneider, excellent backup. To me, fits in that same mould again of what they've had with O'Sullivan, Cogger, guys that could certainly play first grade in the right setup and will be enhanced by the talent around him. Yep. So... Lindsay Smith extended for a couple of years. We already know that Henry, early in the year, Mav, those sort of guys upgraded for a couple of years. Um, Cole signed last year long-term. Dane Laurie's come back for a year. So they've done a really good job sort of filling out the spaces. Um, did They even announced their development deals already. So they're right on top of what they're doing with their roster. Summerton's on a development deal next year. Isaiah Yongi, Riki's on a development deal. And Riley Price is the only one they've added outside of that that's already in the club. He's got one year down from the Cowboys. So. Off contract, still don't know what's going to happen with Falls, Jenkins, or Blacker. Heard that Blacker is looking to go back to Brisbane, or trying to. Jenkins had offers earlier in the year that he knocked back. I don't know what's there for him now. Um, apparently, the Cowboys offered earlier in the year, he knocked it back. Now, I'm not sure. There was talk about Newcastle. Kurt, I, I don't understand with the lack of halves and especially backups, how someone hasn't looked at Kurt. I'd be very surprised if someone doesn't. Chris Smith off. They used him sparingly, but again... If he wants to play cup, I'm sure they'll keep him there, but I can't see him in the top 30. No. So they've made some moves this week. Dolphins also, they released Branko. I don't think there's any surprise there. We said there'd be a couple of guys that come in on two-year deals that wouldn't last, that they sort of transition out. So Branko, Gornski's talk about Milford being gone. He's linked with Lee. Palasa Famasuli's linked to the Dogs. He's been released. JJ Collins, SCSC to the Wolves. We know what's coming in. Herbie, Avarillo, Flegler. So in those few spots in particular, they're massive upgrades. Um, talk that Aiken might be on the way out as well. So turning that roster over as expected. Dragons continued along the same line. Musgrove released. He's another one that we talked about being tapped. Uh, you look at Sullivan, he's already gone. Moga, Louis Toso, not re-signed. Jaden Hunter was released to go to the Broncos. Fiene and a few others have still got the option to leave. But it's very interesting, you know, on the back of all that, to hear Hunt talk this week. I don't know if you saw much of that in the media, but very interesting. Yeah. I'd think at this point, if I was the Dragons, I'd say, Ben, can you stop talking to the media? They keep putting in front of them, might they? Which is very interesting. Because mm. all the comments is almost basically been like, I'm a hostage. Uh, I can be the captain if they want me to be. It's it's a, yeah. I still don't think that's a, a finished story yet. No, I think you're right. But, yeah, it's some odd comments and it's a weird situation for them, but... Yeah, what do you know? Um, they locked in Sele. He signed for a son. I know a lot of people get angry about that. But again, if you don't watch Cup, you don't look at depth, I don't think it's a bad move. He would have got him for bugger all. He got to get a bit of halves cover. He's learned to play a bit of a nine. I think he's a good backup. And that's what he's going to be there to do. He's not going to magically become a starter. So, more to come there. Speaking of the Dolphins, the $50,000 fine with the suspended twenty five k for the tampering at the end start of the year. I just find this one more interesting because I'm sure there's a hundred more examples of this and there's a lot out there and all of a sudden this one gets fined. 
Well, <clears throat> the issue is that they've got obviously got evidence. Mm. So the manager's been <clears throat> giving. Uh, you can a, you can say that, but you need to have evidence. Yeah. Well, there's a breach notice to him. Mm-hmm. He gets a twelve month. What do you ban. mean? Yeah. Like you can't just. Oh, mate. Again, people throwing things around. You hear like, from a lot of people. Hear from a lot of. The, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's other situations where it's been a paper trail. I think this one was more personal. This is okay. between the Dolphins and the Broncos. They went after it, got stuck into each other, but they've got them. And it's funny how they waited all 12 months until everything was done and dusted before this sort of came out. I think something could happen early in the year. But Mariner was apparently pushed to break the contract, and there was a bit of tampering going on. He ended up signing a new long-term extension with the Broncos anyway. His manager's got a bit of a probation hanging over his head. So if he does something within the next uh, two years, he gets a 12-month ban. But, yeah, I think for Dane Mariner, didn't need much tampering there. Whether it was there, Dolphins or anywhere, he was always going to get a pretty hefty contract. He's a good player. Mm. But found that one funny. Um, what else happened during the week? The NRL. They bought that hotel next to Shark Park. Old PVL invested. They bought Gambaros last year. They bought this. Still fighting for funds for the stadium. Um, he's fighting the government to get the bit of money that Cronulla missed out on. Wants the Centre of Excellence to go there and finishing things off. So putting in the good fight. The oh, old, I think it's smart. The old Greek <laughs> god, but smart investment. We, we looked smart. at the AFL during COVID, like we talked about. Well, we had it's nothing. just about <clears throat> Sydney property, obviously, will increase in value. But a portfolio. And it's going to be a moneymaker. Hmm. Smart. But if you ever have to get in a situation again, you go to the bank, you've got nothing. We're going to have something this time. Which yeah, but you're also, it's also going to be generating income. Mm. <clears throat> uh, dogs gone on a bit of a spree, speaking to them before. None of it, a lot of it's yet to be confirmed, but Gus has more than basically confirmed it on a couple of his shows without saying it. Kurt Mann looks like he's going to be going there for a year or two. Hutchison from the Roosters, they're talking him a year or two. They're looking at Turpin for a year. Already got Salmon, Critter, Taff. They're talking about more exits, um, more going on on the staff side of things as well. And During the week, Blake Wilson was chased by the Eels. They got him to knock that back, and then they swiped Cody Parry from their ball team, who was Ethan Parry's brother. Interesting. So, young Cody Parry goes over there. Certainly a bit fun going on at the Bulldogs, but they're going to have 8,000 utility players by the sounds of it. Salmon, Taff, Man, Hutchison. Like a one, one thing is, mate, they'll have a plan. Mm. Uh, the Tigers, no surprise there. Plenty out this week. They've confirmed their staff. Morris was signed. He'd be the main assistant, along with Farrah and Heinington. Goes up. Wayne Lampkin um, is out there. The last one to come in with Sheen's also Ferner out as well. And then no surprise, leaked like a sieve that him and Farrell almost come to blows. So not only the Sheen's link, but some issues there at the back end. This review they're doing with 50 plus people, including media involved, is completely strange. But I think they're all out of reviews and internals and whatnot. But yeah, always something going on there. But in some positive news for them, uh, they got Buller upgraded and extended. Yeah, they had to upgrade him just to get him in this year but after what they've seen they've locked him down for a couple of years and that seems like a smart move because if he hits the open market there'd be a lot of interest there would be yeah. so far I've looked on the outer now they're saying he might stay he was borderline dogs and they've tapped Alex Twal to go a year early if he wants to but have told him they will be happy if he had to stay but still others that they've tapped Simkin, Bloor, Nofaluma there's are still a fair bit to play out at the Tigers as always Union going after Siwa Wong, but the Roosters, no surprise there. Well and truly on top of that. Absolutely. So he's on about 200k, they reckon, at the moment. He's going to be a decent upgrade coming Siwa's way. Union obviously pushing every 
thing into the ocean they possibly could to get him. The Lions tour, World Cup 2027. He's apparently eligible for five countries with heritage. Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, New Zealand, Australia. They've obviously got Suwali'i over. They're looking at Angus Crichton as well, but they're pushing out all the ships to Siwa Wong. But the Roosters, when they want to keep someone, they keep someone. So I think they'll get him well and truly locked down in this situation here. Um, and other than that, for a lot of the chicken scratch that I've got here, a lot of signing news and a lot of movement this week. But no surprise, this is what happens at the back end of the year in that downtime. Some fringes, some small movement. But yeah, I think no surprise that uh, a couple of the good clubs locking down some players. Some movement for some of the bottom clubs players going out the door. And as we say, rugby league never sleeps. Never sleeps. But the last sort of bit that was talked about today was the Broncos. They're looking, again, Mam, Walsh, Reynolds with a year still to run. There's some talk around some of their guys that are off. Tristan Saylor was probably the big story. They're saying that England are offering big money and lots of offers. He's only just signed on again for two years. I was going to say, he's far too good to be going to England. I get that. That's, but that's no disrespect to England. He's sitting behind Walsh and a few mm, others. And I know that. Extended. I, I know that. But you'd think if you're going to push your way out, you'd be pushing to go to NRL club. That's more my point, yeah. So, found that interesting. But Hull FC apparently come in big and were keen as mustard to get him over. And he's only just really signed on for two more years. But, as we said before, for Brisbane... Is he, is he top 30 or is he development? He's top 30. Top 30, yeah. I, be, I wouldn't think he'd be vacating that position. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see how their cap squeeze goes. Like we said, when you upgrade and you've got money, next year you've got Mam off, Walsh off, Pierre Kura, Walters, Riki, Madden, Catewell, etc. Um, you know, there's a few that will probably naturally go out the door. Pakes didn't really play a lot during the year. Smoothie was on a development deal. Flegler, Palacia, Herbie are out, and Oates with his player options might be out. But if you're making decisions, like we said, on back rowers and what you've got there. I think Kate Wells is the one we've talked about naturally where he's at now and the job he's done. Yeah, That deal to me looks like the one that you cut in half or split that money and that covers you sort of Pierre Kerr and Riki upgrades. Both already on pretty good money but if you need to top it up a little bit or find the years they're naturally probably your next two back rowers. Yeah. Um, the Walsh Mam situation I find very interesting though because they're very top heavy. As we see a lot of clubs when you invest in your houses your carrigans etc. Um, and forward planning, and if Reynolds has already got 12 months and they want to kick another year or two in on top, I hope for their sake that with the open market competing, it doesn't cost them one of those other two. But that's the decision they have to make if they go yeah, that way right. with Reynolds. So I'm sure they'll be considering all options, but with the youth and the upside of those two, I don't know if I... I'm not saying I wouldn't be talking to Reynolds, but I wouldn't be rushing to do that deal straight away. I'd be more trying to get a ballpark off the other two. And what There's always the hometown discount, the winner's discount all this sort of thing, uh, when things are going well, you'd think those guys would get handily compensated on the open market, but if you can get them for a couple of hundred K under on sort of a two or three year deal, well then I think the Reynolds thing's more viable. But if that's going to cost you one of those other two, they've got a big question mark about what they're going to do. So, there you go. That wraps us up, my friend. Prelims this week. NRLW finals, New South Wales Cup grand final, Jersey flag grand final, Football every way. Friday, Saturday, those two games. Sunday, you've got the two games on nine. I'm sure the New South Wales Rugby League Grand Finals will be on the website. I don't know what day they are. Are they Sunday or Saturday? They're Sunday as well. So New South Wales Rugby League TV. In between the women's games, you don't think it's one and three o'clock, so you've got four games of football on Sunday if you want to watch. So New South Wales Rugby League TV, that's not on any channel. No. <clears throat> I haven't checked the I'm Fox stuff, sure but on here all New South has... Wales Cup's on Channel 9, isn't it? I don't know. They usually put the tag on it. So that's on nine, yes. 
Jersey flags on New South Wales rugby league. It's ridiculous that we can't have that on a rugby league channel. So nine now it <clears> says <throat> is that the second channel? Yeah, that's not nine now is the streaming. Is that service, the ninety? Isn't no, isn't that the oh is that nine now is a streaming service? Yeah. Okay, well you might have to watch. So it's not on channel nine. It's not Gal. What's it's the second out. nine channel? Gal or something in it? Go and Jim, I think. All right. Well, there you go. So, Cup is available at three, but it's on nine now. You can watch a replay later. But yeah. So, but what I'm saying is the people... It should be available. Like, yeah. Your 100%. normal analog or digital TVs aren't going to be able to watch it. Well, Fox has you games... You need a smart TV. Fox has games during the year. This is the sort of thing I'd be trying to have all of it and spacing it out. But this is the issue, I think, you know, as a New South person from a New South Wales Cup perspective, when the NRLW starts, the New South Wales Cup just gets flushed. Mm. We've got a rugby league channel... We've yeah, got we've a said national broadcaster. How, like, even if they're not on live, what does it matter? They have Find the content available. It's, yeah. If you even is put it this up. Of, is it because New South Wales Rugby League want exorbitant amount of money to broadcast it? I don't know. There's a lot of question marks about how this stuff works, and I've dealt with a little bit of it trying to do mm. the commentary stuff. And teams want to do their own mm. fit. There's a lot of red tape with it, which makes it very confusing for me. You should just want to have your product out there, surely. Well, yeah. But good games of football, quality players on show, and yeah. But like a lot of those streams on Facebook or whatever get, you know, two, 3,000 people. Yeah, but like the point is, like you said, some people wouldn't even know because they don't look on those sort That's of platforms. That's what I'm saying. So. But particularly people who aren't tech savvy, mm. who don't have Facebook or, you know, don't want to watch the game on their phone because they don't know how to project it onto a screen. No. Or like you said, don't have a hefty laptop or tech set up to be able to transfer it. Or... Mate, I was, I was sitting here for 10 or 15 minutes on Saturday trying to get the... Bears Warriors game up and it, like it wasn't easy for me mm. because to cast from Facebook yeah, to, to the TV I couldn't do it through a cord I had to do it via um, like the TV's got a cast setting on it and cast it through the computer directly to it which was ended up being easy but maybe I'm just a tech nuffy I don't know yeah well, I certainly am but Plenty of football, like we said. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you've got a smorgasbord there. So That's right. I hope you can access it and watch as much of it as you possibly can. And if not, you can find those streams after, but I'll certainly be watching all the footy I can while it's still on. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll find out who's going to be playing Brisbane Tigers in the State Cup. We'll find out the NRLW matchup for the grand final and obviously our NRL grand final for the triple treat next week. Grand final day. My favourite day of the year. I love grand final day. Yeah. It's a grouse day. We're heading to Friday night, so... Yep. Taking the young fella. He'll be happy. We'll see how he goes. Mad Panthers fan. Mm. <clears throat> Good experience. On the knee. Three-year-old... If you're under four, you're on the knee for free. Well, that was about to so say the other thing. If you're a Panthers fan, I told my mates the other day, he's like, it's going to be expensive. I'm like, they're going to have to start giving them one. They're doing two for They're one. doing two for yeah. ones today. Like, like I said, Melbourne's not going to travel. Penrith will probably get a good 30,000 plus there, but I think it's only going to be half full. I, I'd be shocked if they didn't get 40. I think they'll get 40, but I think that's probably best case. I can't see anything like a 50 or a 55. If this that's, also, that's also assuming that every Penrith fan that would normally go here will go there. Yeah, on a if Friday If that's night. the case, it's 22. Yeah, you're right. Like, where are the extra aid income coming from? Well, it, I'm more going off their membership numbers, mm. like are their corporates going across, people that miss out some weeks. Like, So, say 10,000. This might give you an extra 10,000. Maybe, maybe 35. Is more realistic. If they, if, like I said, if they hit 40, I think they've done well. Because yeah. Melbourne's certainly not going to travel. And if I was a Melbourne fan watching Melbourne this year from Melbourne, I'm not coming up. This is not like teams of the past where I've got high hopes. Yeah. So I think for that perspective, you saw it last week. 
they went head to head with the two Melbourne teams, Carlton and Melbourne. I'm not saying they would have sold out, but if that was your top of the line, Billy, Cronk, you know, Smitty sort of time when they were dominant, they still would have packed that out. Yeah. I think there would have been a couple of people who were fringe, your Collingwood, D's, Carlton type people that were like, oh, I'm going to go to the AFL instead last week. I'm not worrying about grand final now. But there you go. Fingers crossed if you're one of the four remaining teams that your team gets through to grand final day. Honestly, I just love grand final day. I don't care who plays. This is going to be, I don't know, almost 17 years in a row, even more for you, bar the COVID year where we were denied by the lockdowns. So looking forward to that next week, but looking forward to the games this weekend. Thank you again to bluebet.com.au. Remember, if you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the true blue bookie. Uh, download the app today or visit the website. But remember, what's gambling really costing you? Free and confidential support. Call 1800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Penrith Solar Center, no power rankings left. But again, it's that time of year. It's been bloody hot here the last few days. 1800 20 or penrithsolar.com.au. Talk to Jake and the team there about how to maximize this sun, especially coming into daylight savings. Uh, put some money back into your back pocket, help you and your family in the long run. And Sinclair Hyundai Penrith, Toby and the crew there, corner York Road, Bat Street, Penrith, SinclairHyundai.com.au. If you want to get moving and have a lost a Tucson, a Santa Fe, whatever it is, he's the man to see. Jiu-Jitsu! <clears throat> what about him tonight? That was gross. Was good. Just before we come in, some of the old favourites. Either koala bears, protected species. And then Lukey. When I saw Lukey, when I walked in that room, he said he went to watch a jiu-jitsu thing last night. I was like, were you in the background yelling it? I would have been. <laughs> jiu-jitsu, some sort of jiu-jitsu move. But didn't see Buzz this week. Did you see Buzz this week? It's been a few weeks without Buzz for me. No, I listened to... I've watched a lot of it. <clears throat> I had to drive into Brookvale on... Oh, what day was that? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, and yeah, had uh, turned on the... Uh, Turned on the Daily Telegraph podcast, actually. Mm. And Bash was on, mate. What, what was he talking about? Mm. Jungle curry chicken. What are you having? He tries to cut him off. He's like, oh, no, why don't we have him for dinners? They were talking about... Jungle curry chicken. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. What's, oh, what's it? I don't... Uh, such I don't a, that joke's lost on Such me. a pensioner thing to say. No, they finish with like, what are you having for dinner? Oh, okay. He I, gets real aggressive, though, sometimes that I've heard him. Oh, okay. But he I, loves jungle curry chicken ice every a, time. I'm not a regular listener. No, I neither just... am I. But the few times I've listened, every single time at the end, he sounds like your angry pop who hasn't had his tea or whatever. And he's like, can we talk about what the, we're having um, for dinner? The female journalist was on there. Um, Fat, uh, Fatima Kadir. She's very good. She's pretty good, yeah. She's very good. She's extremely knowledgeable, articulate, speaks well, knows footy. It's just... Fatima Kadir. It sounds better than like jiu-jitsu. Very, very good journalist. Uh, yeah, her. she was on with... There was another guy on there who impressed me as well. He was... Was it the lead guy? It probably was. No, it wasn't. No. It was... I've listened to it a handful of times. Because they have Reedy, Buzz, Carrianos, Crawley, but I can't think of the main guy's name now. It's annoying me. Mobsy. Is it Mobsy? No. No. Well, that's the five sort of regulars. Fatima's on... I want to give this guy a rap. Fatima's on sometimes, but... That's the first time I've heard her on there. I've listened sporadically. It's it's mainly those sort of four or five, and she's sporadic as well. Mobsy's the regular, usually with Carrianos, and then you have Reedy or Buzz sort of roll in. Yeah. But, yeah. They're one. I'd more look at the 
comments before I listen to it. Sometimes I look and it's like, we're going to talk football or this or that. I'm like, yeah, no, you're not. Unless there's like a real big talking point or some news or some contract stuff, I don't really listen to them. Because no offence to them, they don't know fuck all about actual football. Yeah. That's just, you know, my humble. When you've got people that write for a living, that's grouse, but they're talking tactics and actual game sense, there's not a whole lot to pick up. Jeez. So. <clears throat> let me... Let me work out who this bloke was. Yeah, I'm, <clears throat> you've got me stumped because I can't think. Do they say at the bottom of it who it is? Usually it says who's on, but maybe only first name. Who was the other one I saw this one? I saw an article yesterday. That was funny. Andrew Russell Webster. Russell Jackson. Yeah, I've got no idea that is. Must Maybe. be a young bloke or a new bloke or someone. I, Russell, I'm not sure you listen to the show. but Russell Jackson, journalist. Put that in there, see what you get. Journalist. ABC. All... Okay, well, there you go. That's probably why. <clears throat> sports? ABC Sports or something? Or... or just news in general? Maybe a newbie to the telly or something? It says here he's... I don't know, mate, but does he eat jungle chicken curry? It's from the ABC. Yeah, all right. Well, Russell, <clears throat> Brock reckons you've done a good job, mate, so... Good no, job I, by you! What I'm saying is I listened and I thought he was, yeah, articulate, made some good points. I just like listening to people who don't have an agenda, who, yeah, bring a different spin to things to the table. I liked it. The team we could do... All right, and non-footy to finish. Have you got anything? Have you watched anything? Seen anything? <clears throat> I thought you'd be proud. I told you the other day. I finally started Ted Lasso. It's great. It is great. I love it. I told you that. Roy Kent makes me laugh the further it's gone on. Yeah. He's such an angry human being. He's angry. Last night when, <laughs> when, she, when she finally convinced him to go on TV and the ex-coach goes, John, that's what you really think. He's like, all right, you're a fucking shit manager. <laughs> <laughs> and Elbow's like, I'll piss off. Yeah. And they're constantly apologising for him. <laughs> but him yeah. swearing at the little girl's soccer team, I lost my shit. Yeah. Casey's like, hey, what's wrong with you? And he's like, eh. That fucking corker dude, she's one tough little defender. <laughs> it's, saying, a, it's a great show. Burn this into your memories. They're all smiling at him after they've lost the grand final and he's losing it. Just on so many different levels. It's oh. yeah, great. And him, his jokes and his one-liners and his quips. Tess, that's also in the funny thing. She basically looked at me and goes, why do I feel like all these characters are some sort of combination of you? I'm like, what are you trying to say here? She's like, you're a bit special. You know Ted Lasso, mate. Nah, definitely not. <clears throat> talking to her about it all the gibberish and one liners coming down I was like well yeah. I don't know I love Beard Coach Beard's so weird it's great he is weird he's straight up straight it's just a fantastic show yeah fantastic so that's show. my recommendation for the week for anyone it's... that's how I've been pushing everyone yeah I know but months. there's other things all year mate I've been telling you mate there's that many shows and podcasts <laughs> like sometimes you just don't oh, get we watched we watched uh, the movie with the Australian guy but also, please tell me you saw the Warriors. The Warriors call Webby Web Lasso. They've been calling him. Web, they've been calling him that all year. They reckon. They said Web Lasso. He's Web Lasso. They said Nate Stacy Jones. That's great. Coach Beard is uh, Richard Agar. Yeah. Okay. And Morgan was Roy Ken or something like that. They said. But they call him Web Lasso. I was like, that's great. If that's been running all year, I'm like, that's awesome. That is funny. Prime. Um, what's the guy's name? Uh, Bloodline. Hang on. I'm going to tell you what movie this was. Bloodline. Yeah, because he's in that. Ben yeah. Mendelsohn. 
Ben Mendelsohn. That name rings a bell. Yeah, he's the Aussie guy, that guy. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he... The movie... He plays a good bad guy, usually, doesn't he? The movie... Mm, where is it? Where can we have jungle chicken curry? <laughs> What's the movie called? I don't even have it on here. No idea. Ben Mendelsohn, movie... 2023. Why don't you just click on his name and look at his filmography? That's what I'd do. To Catch a Killer, it was called. To and catch it, a also, it also has... She was very good. Shailene Woodley. Shailene Woodley. Mm. Recognise the face, but yeah. Yeah, what else has she been in? No idea what the movie is, though. To Catch a Killer, is it Aussie it's, film? No. No, it's based in... Uh, Baltimore? Mm-hmm. Baltimore? Mate, excellent. Like a thriller. Crime thriller. Couldn't recommend it um, enough. It was really, really good. There you go. Baltimore, yeah. So, yeah. so get- it's like a... Yeah, murder mystery type movie. Um, really, really good, yeah. I watched the new, Did I tell you I watched the new Indiana Jones? No. Nah. Yeah, so watching new Indiana Jones, that was good. Zero interest, I didn't like the Crystal Scale one, I thought it was crap. Okay. So The latest one was good, I enjoyed it. And he's 800 years old. He's 175 years old. He's 175 years old. I said, yo, how old are you when you fought him? I started the last series of Jack Ryan, which is on Amazon Prime. Never watched it. You're missing out, because it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Free information for you. Free information. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's very very good, and it's got bunk out of the wire. You haven't even watched the wire yet, have you? I've seen bits of the wire. I've watched the whole way through. You need to watch the wire. Anyone who's listening at the moment who hasn't watched the wire, just stop listening to this podcast. You've lost my respect. I tell you what, I did find funny during the week, and again, a lot of people do podcasts for sport, but mm. just aren't the greatest to listen to. I caught a bit of the two Kelsey brothers podcast. That is funny. Is it? Travis and Jason are both. They've just got a new funny. show that's come out on. It's a documentary. Is it a movie or is no, it? A, I think it's a, like a, it's docker. a series, isn't it? Uh, I think it might be a three part or something like that. Yeah, okay. But they had on Jason's wife the other day, and some of the stuff between him and Trav and like Trav's life, I was just crying. Yeah, that's cool. Trav Kelsey is a very funny human being. Even Jason Kelsey, he, was, he met her on Tinder. Some of the stuff <laughs> that come cool. out of his mouth, I was absolutely in tears. And what like, about this shit is great? I didn't even play him in my fantasy side this week, and who? I absolutely murdered someone. You didn't play who? Hello? Didn't play Travis Kelsey in my fantasy team. Well, I went crazy on our waiver wire this week. Did you? Yep. Last week I was at work, I missed out and everyone pillaged it. So this week I built a watch list, picked out some positions I thought that my team needed to improve and I swept. I looked at 5pm, it unlocked and Louis unleashed and picked up six players. There you go. I've changed half of my team. Well, I suppose you got to. Oh, if you look a couple of weeks in and... Did you see Nick Chubb's knee? Yeah, not good. Yeah, so that one was an immediate IR, so... Not good, mate. Picked well, up. forget about IR. He's gone. Yeah, well, he's confirmed he's out now, but I IR'd him first, yeah, but fair. now they're saying he's gone. So I IR'd him, and I've done a complete flip. I've... Dumped half my defense. I picked up a couple of new receivers, two new running backs. I went crazy on the wave wire. Yeah, okay. That's good. I'm happy for I've you. I've watched some games. I scoped things out, and I thought it's time mm, to move. I'm happy for you. Mate. We're going to make some early decisions here. I had a good win yeah. week one. I was in the hunt. 
And then Chubb blew his knee out in the same game that Shuba had Highsmith take a pick six first play of the game off a double deflection. I was like, yeah, that's not good. There you go. So I was projected to win, and then I ended up losing by 30. I was like, that's fantasy for you. I'm the only undefeated team after two weeks. And Mattress put a video in with his... He's 0-2. 0-2. Unlucky, champ. And I looked at those projection things that said that I had the worst team in the whole draft, so... Points four on Willowhead, too. So roughly so. Yeah. At the moment. Playoff percentage. My playoff percentage is 95%. Watch me go down the girler. <sighs> my team's pretty good. Yeah, I was... Yeah. I actually did some study this year, so... I was a little disappointed with mine, but... Yeah. You patched. stashed your money and then ended up with no one. I patched up well. Mm. I blew a Sanchu. You blew a Sanchu. Yeah. I didn't get some of my regulars, in particular with Timmy Witt, who just basically had a hate on for me in the draft, going, he did this last year, I'm not letting him do it again, so anything I did, he was just in on it. Yeah, fair enough. Trying to throw <laughs> money at it or trying to buy him. I was like, I'll take that as a compliment. It's the back-to-back mm. champion that you're trying to follow what I've done. Mm. Yeah, but. No. Back-to-back champion. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It is fantasy. I don't know. Oh, well. Anything else to add? No, nothing. No. Well, there you go. Got some things to watch if you want to catch a kill the movie. If you're like me and you've been watching 800 other things and too much sport, Ted Lasso, I just started it. It's awesome. Great laugh. And the best thing, half-hour episodes. Nothing better in a busy world when you don't have much time for something that you know you can sit down and just punch one or two out every night and not have to worry about an hour, hour and a half. It's like some movies. I've still got things. What's the bloody movie a few years ago? The Irishman. Still haven't watched it. Oh, really? Bro, it's like three and a bit something hours. Half the time when I get home from work or a call, I'm like, it's nine no, o'clock. I ain't starting that shit you now. You've got no kids. you got nothing going on. You can't find three hours. What do you mean, no time? I'm on call and I would do shift. Oh, come on, mate. <laughs> you get home at nine, you're not watching a three-hour movie. I want to go to bed. Uh, there's a few on the watch list like that, but half-hour TV episodes. Perfect. Yeah. But then you'll sit there and watch six of them. <laughs> which will go, which will be three two. hours, you idiot. Come on. Two? Mm-hmm. I've been punching through a few. With your jungle chicken curry. Jungle chicken curry? Mm. Can I have some? Fair enough. Uh, there you go. Mm. Prelims. NRLW prelims as well. Cup. New South Wales Rugby League TV. Nine now out. Jersey Flag Grand Final there. Two big games across the weekend. Who will feature in this year's NRL Grand Final? We will know next week. And we'll have our huge Grand Final preview. And we'll review the season of the two teams that are eliminated. But for now, enjoy we'll your back week. Sunday. Sunday. Well, we, we, can do, Sunday? we can do Sunday if you want. Sunday or Monday, yeah. It's Casey's birthday, so I don't know how available I'll oh, we'll do Monday. We'll yeah, see how we go. Cool. Monday. But all good. For everybody out there, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 